0: Hi, I'm Sean Healy, and you're listening to Tools. Hi everyone, Sean Healy, NLP trainer and change agent here. And welcome to episode 97 of Sean Healy Tools, a podcast designed to support entrepreneurial couples, people in business partnership, and anyone looking for more tips, tools, and strategies to add to the quality of your life. So, welcome to today's episode. Episode 97 is entitled Supporting People Who Are in Toxic Relationships. Unfortunately, abusive dynamics in relationships are so common that um, if we ourselves haven't at some stage been in abusive relationships, um, um, or you know, you may find that you are in, presently in one. Um, but we will certainly have come across friends and family members who've been in situations um, that we where we fear for them. Um, where we're concerned for them because of the kinds of the the kind of treatment that they're receiving and so what I thought I would do is an episode on um, how do we support people who uh, we deem to be are in um, toxic relationships this is quite a complex area uh, there's a lot to say about this and of course in these episodes we can only cover snippets um, but I'd there are, and, and it's very easy to be well-intentioned, uh, but actually of um, of little little help. <laughs> so um, that's why I felt that this episode was kind of important. And certainly, over my years of working with couples um, and and toxic dynamics uh, in personal relationships, and also in business environments, there are have definitely been times where you know I've taken a less than um, Uh, helpful approach, Um, you know, because sometimes, you know, the thing we have to watch here is how how worked up we can get, um, how outraged we can get. Um, And so if we're advising or trying to support from that place of of outrage, um, all we're we're doing is we're bringing our own intensity, our own frustration to a person who already has to deal with a mountain of that. Um, So it can be challenging. Um And it can be very frustrating when we look on the outside and we see someone getting treated horrendously, who's not yet able or um, for, for varying reasons to be able to leave. Um, or doesn't perceive that they can leave. Um, this requires extreme amount of, of patience and gentleness um, uh, and some real understanding of, you know, some of the elements that are running here for this particular person so that we don't make their life any harder than it already is. Um, that's, you know, um, that's, uh, that's something I think is very well worth considering. How do we not accidentally... Um, Add more shame, frustration, complexity, um, and intensity to a person who's already um, dealing with uh, a mountain of those sort of elements. Um, so, where do we where do we sort of begin in terms of looking at some of this stuff? Well, I guess you know one of the things that I kind of wanted to talk about is the the idea of um, some of the premise. The premises, the premise, um, the premises. Forgive me if that's not quite the right word. Some of the the foundational principles that apply very effectively to mutually healthy relationship um, simply don't work when we're talking about a, abuse relationships. So, for example, um, sometimes you might hear people both in, in a you know in a professional advisory capacity or in a friendship. Uh, capacity, say to an abusee, look, you know, the two of you need to sit down and work this out. You know, you need to work through this together. I want to stay out of it. You you know, this is about your relationship. You need to sit down and work it out. Um, And if we're talking about a healthy relationship where two people mutually want to improve a situation um, and are willing to hear each other, have an equal level of respect for each other, then that is absolutely um, a very valid um, statement. But it is completely ineffective when we are talking about abuse-based dynamics because you have to remember that one member of of this relational system is already very, very happy with what's going on and actually has no interest in changing it. They have no interest in sitting down and talking about anything. They will pay lip service to it. um, But if I'm... In superiority, I'm in justification. I'm in entitlement. Um, I'm. I see no issue here except how do I keep you compliant? Um, you know, how do I keep my partner compliant? Um, you know, because this is it's not a mutually agreed upon platform that there is something wrong. You know, one of us feels absolutely justified to um, through superiority and entitlement to suppress and oppress the other um, member of the relationship, you know, a relation, like we've talked about in previous episodes. Um, if my idea is that relationships are about my needs being put first, um, I know best for the relationship. Um, you just need to shut up and listen to me and do what you're told. Um, I'm entitled to control things. I'm entitled to drive things. I'm entitled, um, to, um, be the ultimate say and the ultimate authority in our relationship. Um, and I'm also entitled to uh, whilst I get to tell us what to do, you're the one responsible for, for actioning that. Um, so we're not, we're not on an equal platform here. Um, so to say to someone you need to sit down and work it out with your partner, well, as far as the abuser's concerned, there's nothing to work out. Everything's fine. So what, what are we talking about here? Um, only one side has an issue. Um, so it does not work to fold this back onto the abusee um, because their partner is not willing um, to sit down and, and, and work this out in a fair and equi- equitable way. Um, so avoid that kind of element, you know, because we often, and when we talk about the whole thing about, you know, relationships are 50-50. Um, if we're talking about healthy relationships or reasonably functional relationships then yes that's true um i'm entitled to do my best in partnership you're entitled to do your best in partnership and how do we work mutually towards improving the partnership um so if we're talking healthy dynamic i'm okay with the idea of 50-50 but that doesn't that's not the same when we're talking about an abuser abusee dynamic one side of this um, the abuser is responsible for what's going on. Um, it's their actions that are impeding another person's freedom and impeding another person's humanity. Um, uh, so to say to the abusee that they need to change themselves and adjust themselves is plays exactly into the hands of the abuser. No, that that is not the case. Um, where, we, where we try to stay out of couples businesses and we try to keep a sense of neutrality in in when we're talking about healthy couple dynamics, that's absolutely fine. But when we're talking about abuse, abuser abusee dynamics, no. Um, neutrality only serves to allow the abuser to continue to get the message that what they're doing at some level is okay with everybody or at very least they can get away with it. Um, abusers are only generally brought to account Um, or forced to look at what they're doing through external pressure, um, which is either applied by the legal system or by their partner finally setting uh, a boundary and saying, that's it, this is not going to happen anymore and I'm not going to tolerate it. Um, And we can really accidentally take um, the, uh, you know, we can pile on to the abusee, um, accidentally by saying, well, you know, you need to try harder, you need to do more. Um, no, um, this is not the case when we're talking about abuse dynamics. This is this is not a 50-50 um, uh, thing. One person is deliberately being controlled, oppressed, um, intimidated, um, coerced, and um, and, and so the person who's doing that, and, and again, what does an abuser want you to think? That they're justified, that the other person's behavior is causing this. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, you know, plenty of us are upset by other human beings. That doesn't turn us into abusers um, and, and doesn't justify those kinds of actions. Um, so it's, it's, it's a false premise. It's, it's impression management. And it, it, it works to the advantage of the abuser. So we have to be so careful when we're dealing with abusees that um, we're, we're showing them that we're on their side. Um, and that also does not mean that you then have to directly confront the abuser. Actually, um, that I would... Um, I would recommend steering clear of that. Certainly get as much information about the dynamic as you possibly can. Let the abusee know that you absolutely support them. Um, but really, it's about working with the abusee and helping them to get their strength back, helping them to get their clarity of thinking back. Um, we, we don't want to rush in and bombard them with well-intentioned ideas about what they should do. Uh, we need to work with them, not 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 work. Um, on them and for them um, because already um, they've got a person in their life who's sending very clear messages the abuser you know sends the message that you know they know what's best for themselves and their partner um, their partner's uh, opinion is inferior and if we jump in and and you know try to bombard the the abusee with advice on what they should do and how they should do it um, you know we're, we're just piling on to a similar dynamic and um, rather than uh, respecting the person's right, helping them to find strength, helping them to find safety, helping them to work out a plan. We are surrendered to whether or not the person is ready to leave. Um, if you are frustrated with the person you're supporting and how they're going, please avoid taking that out on them. Find somebody else you can vent to because it is a it is really, really tough to watch the people we care about deeply um, stuck in these situations and not... Um, for varying reasons, able to move or or move yet, um, or they leave the relationship and then get drawn back in. Um, so it really requires that we move with great gentleness and compassion for the abusee and we understand that this is not their fault Um that's, you know, any victim blaming is exactly what abusers want. Um, it plays exactly into the justifications of the abuser's behavior. The abuser is the one who is behaving, um, uh, you know, has the warped sense of right and wrong, um, the warped sense of in, entitlement and superiority, um, and they are the one directly transgressing and violating another person's boundaries. Whilst coming up with every excuse and justification under the sun as to why that is um, that's that's an acceptable way to act, and we have to take away um, any of those uh, elements of abuse and justifications. Um, so you know you have to be very careful. You know, like I said, if you confront an abuser directly, um, you're likely to that that's the time when abusers generally will show their hand. Uh, when people confront them, then you'll get the same tactics on you. Or um, the person will try to play it off or make excuses or play the victim or act uh, naive and then go back and viciously punish their partner. Um, so this is where we have to be very careful that we don't accidentally make somebody's life worse um, uh, because uh, we think we're doing the right thing and what we've accidentally done is put this person in more danger. Um, we, we can encourage people to to use support, at, you know, um, support groups, um, we can encourage them to, uh, can, you know, and, and what we're doing basically is, is, is we're giving them a place where they can just speak and be heard without being dominated. Um, that, that it's, it's amazing just how helpful somebody listening without judgment to, to somebody who, who's really struggling with where, where they're at and, and might be in a lot of fear and confusion, just, to know they've got a supporter um, um, and a non, non-judgmental non supporter is, is an aspect of massive, um, massive help. You know, I remember in a situation for myself, now this wasn't a domestic situation, this was a professional situation of bullying and of course at the end of the day I could go home and, and in, you know, the difference there too was I was never in physical fear of my safety. Um, you, you know, I was in fear of losing my job um, but... Um, you know the dynamic was one where um you, you know somebody who was in a leadership position to me was very bullying and belittling um, um and aggressive um towards me and they were friends with, uh, personal friends with the boss above them. So I felt at the time that I was too new to the organization. I wasn't offering enough value. Um, and because of this, uh, you know, personal relationship that these two people in leadership had, um, that if I was to speak out, it was probably going to go against me. Um, so I put up with things for a lot longer than I should have, Um uh, but it wasn't until one day a co-worker came to me and just said, you know, um, how how much longer are you going to put up with this? Um, because you understand that the person who's doing this to you already has two strikes against their name for, for similar behavior. Um, and it was just, you know, this person never spoke directly to the person who was bullying me, but they came and spoke to me just to let me know, they just validated that they saw what was happening to me. Um, and just that validation and that sense of approval and that somebody's there to support us, because remember all those things that you know, the, the abuser often systematically tries to take all those things away from us. What the abuser wants us to think is we haven't got the right read on reality. If we have any problems with their behavior, that's our fault. That's, that's an issue with us, not them. Um, they want to cut off our support network. They want us to believe that nobody's going to hear us, understand us or agree with us. Um, so to have someone come and say, "Hey, you, you know, wh- what are you going to do about this?" and you and you know you can take action, um, and and that that was having that little piece of support from somebody external was enough to galvanise me into uh, a course of action and, and to confront the leadership about. Um, you know, because I figured, well, if another staff member on the team could see it, then everyone could see it. Um, so it was going to be pretty difficult for management to deny that they were allowing such overt levels of bullying. Um, and so, when I was able to call it out and make my demands as to what I want, um, you know, the the situation was the situation was resolved. Um, Um, And nobody had to do anything except offer me a little bit of support um, and and let me take, you know, and the fact that I took back charge of that situation for myself rather than having somebody come rescue me, that was a big part of the, you know, the empowerment process. So the way that we rescue people, so to speak, is not by coming in and thinking for them, but but thinking, you know, helping them with their thinking, holding the space, letting them work it out, letting them deal with it on in their own time and rate and speed. Um, and we have to surrender, uh, you, you know, the, that they have the right to live their own life, because effectively what the abuser's been doing is taking away the the Right. This person has to live their own life. So, you know, we have to be careful that in a, you know, we're we're not inadvertently doing um, a softer version of exactly the same thing, which can can lead to more traumatization, not less, you know, and and then that pushes the abuser underground because they feel judged. Um, and they feel that people now think, well, you, you've spoken up, you've said how bad it is, and and you know you're still in that relationship. Well, that's now all on you, and and we have to really get rid of that mindset because all that does is support the abuser in in prolonging whatever strategies and tactics they feel justified in utilising to keep um, absolute power and control in in the uh, in the relationship that they're in. So so much compassion. Needs to to happen here, um, and and never underestimate just being with the person and and listening to their story, um, and without judgment uh, can be exactly what somebody needs. Um, and there's a lot more that that can kind of be done here. Like I said, this is a massive area alone in 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 terms of uh, uh, domestic violence and a, and and domestic abuse based. Um, you know, abuse in intimate relationships. This is, you know, like I said, only one snippet of a, a much larger picture. Even in the context of being a s- effective supporter, um, but but like I said, we, we really have to be careful um, not to, um, you know, in our in our desire to help, make ma- inadvertently make matters worse. Um, and like I said, I, I can't uh, iterate um, uh, from the perspective of um, you know, offering the best support that we we let the person who's the the, the victim of of this particular um, uh, stunningly poor behaviour. Um, how do we help them get back in control of their life and drive their own bus and at the rate and speed that works for them? Um, so I hope this uh, episode has. Um, uh, Offered some uh, some other things to think about, but like I said, you know the main thing. And and I you know I took this idea, um, the work of Lundy Bancroft. Um, I I certainly um, absolutely recommend in understanding abuser um, uh, dynamics. And there's a book that um, also relates to this um, called and um, it doesn't. I I think. Um, I'm just trying to, as I'm talking to you now, quickly look for um, it as a resource. Uh, where are we? Bear with me one moment. Um, this might not be considered the most professional way to run a podcast while I'm looking up, because I did uh, did have it for a moment. Um, And now it's dropped away. Ah, to be an anchor in the storm, a guide for families and friends of abused women by Susan Brewster. Um, uh, Could be something that really helps uh, getting to a place where we're the best possible help we can be for those we love who are in extremely challenging situations. So if you're in an abusive dynamic or you're witnessing someone in that, you know, um, I really hope that this episode um, helps. Um, And as always, thank you. Thank you for listening. Um, And... As we head into the sign-off, once again, for those of you who followed the the show um, right the way through or for an extensive period of time, my profoundest gratitude, and I really hope that you're enjoying um, the the program. Um, if you've just joined us, welcome. I hope you found this episode to be of some use. Um, and um, if you want to continue to support the program, um, you can do so by going to iTunes, download, subscribe, leave a five-star review. That makes it easier for others to find it. I'm very passionate that we get as much education as we can on human human dynamics. You know, all of the areas of of uh, of human beingness are profoundly interesting to me. Um, this episode, um, uh, as well as the last few, um, are all sort of driven by uh, audience and client request. So, by all means, um, if you aren't uh, accessing the show via YouTube, uh, via iTunes, um, you can also go to Podbean, Stitcher, or visit the website emergencetraining.com.au. And if you want to leave, um, send me, you know, touch base, say hi, leave some recommendations for something you'd like me to do an episode on. Um, If I know enough about it that I feel I can contribute in some small way, then I'd be more than delighted to. Um, And also I run uh, trainings, uh, both um, in-house and public, on all aspects of um, personal dynamics, NLP, obviously, personality type Um, narcissism, abuse-based dynamics um, and, you know, uh, I design management leadership courses too for getting, you know, the the best quality relationships we can have whilst also having the most productive um, results in our areas of endeavor. So um, once again, thank you for listening. Really hope that you've um, taken something away from the show. Um, And uh, until you're with us on the next episode, Bye for now.